For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Ike, Thanksgiving is here. NFL Week 12 is here. It's going to be a lot of football to gamble on this holiday weekend. If you want the best place to do it, betonline.ag is the place to be. 365, 24-7. Make sure whatever sport y'all want to bet on, go to betonline.ag. You can see that link on your screen right now. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. And welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network, the Thanksgiving edition. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined, as always, by my guy, Pittsburgh Steelers Scouts, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the team, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Recording this the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, NFL Week 12 is absolutely loaded. How are you doing this evening, my man? I'm good, Mark. Happy Thanksgiving as well. My mom just put me up a plate of some dirty rice, so that's what I was eating before I even hopped Let's on the go. show. Don't mind. Oh, man. Save me some, Mike. I'm going to have to fly down to Orlando to get me some of that because I've had your mom's gumbo before, and it does not disappoint. Got to, bro. Got to. I'm telling you, if you need me to ship it to you, I'll go ahead on FedEx that thing and put it in the freezer. I would take you up on that, Ike, in all honesty, and I hope I'm within earshot in the Taylor household because I do think that highly of your mom's cooking. I've had it before. It is delicious, and... Oh, man, like, honestly, Ike, it's one of the first things I bring up to people when I talk to you about, oh, hey, who's your co-host, Ike <laughs> Taylor? You need to try his mom's gumbo. It's that good. It's that New Orleans Cajun cooking. Man, I appreciate that, man. I'm sure she appreciate the kind words as well. Absolutely. We will go through our top Thanksgiving dishes on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show. But we're going to start Steelers and Colts on Monday Night Football, Ike. Colts with the interim head coach, Jeff Saturday. The Colts have now played two competitive games, and I tell you what the recipe is going to be, stopping Jonathan Taylor and the Colts' ground game. Now, 
Saturday against the Eagles, very nearly pulled off the upset, and it was the first time the Colts all season had scored on their opening drive. It's going to be a line of scrimmage, ground and pound game, in my opinion. That's how the Colts had success a year ago when Taylor nearly was the MVP of the league, Ike, and he went for more than 1,800 yards. I expect more of the same on Monday night when the Colts take on the Steelers. Yeah, Coach T made a comment I saw. Um, they asked him about Jeff, Jeff Saturday, the interim head coach, and his thoughts. And he's, he felt like Jeff Saturday was a good person, was a good player, and uh, he's doing a good job so far. But he definitely said, I know Jeff, and Jeff is a former offensive lineman, and they will like, they will try to establish the run. But that's a given. We talked about that on the show um, a couple of weeks ago on what Jeff Saturday will bring to the table. And that's getting Jonathan Taylor back up and running starting Matt Ryan to see what he can do off that play action. But that's exactly what they're going to do from here on out because Jeff Saturday is a former offensive line and he knows exactly how to hit the defense. I think the return of Matt Ryan to the starting lineup, Ike, has made a difference to Sam Ellinger, really not the guy there. And he's a young player, but Matt Ryan, a proven veteran, even with the shoulder injury. This offense has been better with Ryan on the field. I think that's made a huge difference. And so I'd expect more of the same. He at least gives the Colts a chance. And Colts in a weak division in the AFC South are still in the hunt. It's still a bit of a long shot for the Colts. But for any last hope that the Colts have, I would at least try to ride this thing out and see what Matt Ryan gives you at the quarterback position. Just my opinion. Yeah, you said it best. I mean, he got the recipe. And that's a defense who's playing optimistic right now. Uh, they did well against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They just didn't have enough ammo left in the tank to score more points to them. And also, man, that running game. Just just Coach Jeff Saturday established that running game, and that's perfect for Matt Ryan. You can't ask Matt Ryan to be Matt Ryan. Of course, he's up there in age, so he's able to sit in the pocket. But here we go with Matt Ryan again. He had one of the longest runs of his career scrambling uh, a couple of weeks ago against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, Coach Jeff Saturday, man, is just a different kind of energy when he comes into the building. When you have former players who got that enthusiasm and they bring that toughness to the table, you best believe the Pittsburgh Steelers going to be in for it. Ike, the looming question with the Steelers and the offense, and the Steelers have been better offensively since the bye week, still not up to snuff in terms of uh -huh. league-wide. But the looming question, the elephant in the room, I'm going to put it out there. When's Deontay Johnson going to get into the paint and score a touchdown? He doesn't have one yet in the 2022 season. Yeah, I think Coach T, man, he hit it on the head what he said. He said, uh, just waiting on Kenny Pickett. In this business, there is no such thing as a waiting game in the NFL. You got to learn on the go, and you got to learn ASAP. What I did see with Kenny Pickett, him starting uh, consistent weeks, he's seeing the field. He's just seeing the field a little bit slow, but I guarantee you, the more he plays, he's going to start reading his keys ASAP. And that's just with experience. So I'm seeing a lot from Kenny Pickett. I'm seeing, I'm seeing him getting rid of the ball faster than he was and him learning on the go. And I think he's just ahead of the game right now because he did play all four years in college, Mark. So it was, it's just a matter of time, even though time is not on your hand when you talk about the NFL. But I think he'll be just fine. Najee got going. Uh, yeah. Warren wind up getting hurt. I think he hurt a hamstring in the game in the last game but other than that we see Najee you know when Najee you know people acting like he's Superman he's back but uh getting getting picket getting pickers I'm sorry GAP and we're talking about uh 
gap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So getting Penny back in the game, getting him involved early and often. So when we do that, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have a chance. It's just, you know, Kenny Pickett just seeing the field faster. Like you've lent me your uh, psychic abilities some this season. And I mentioned how a few weeks back the Steelers hadn't had a rush more than 20 yards and the offense putting up more than 20 points in the game. This has got to be the week Deontay Johnson scores a touchdown. And this was a player who was a pro bowler a year ago with Big Ben. I know it takes time to develop rapport. You put Kenny Pickett out there in week four against the Jets. And you might not have had the rapport that he would have had with Pickett had Pickett been the starter from the jump. So you're trying to figure this out on the fly. I certainly get that. But we're talking about a player who, again, was a pro bowler a year ago, and that level of production hasn't been, you know, what you would have expected for that huge contract extension. He signed it on the eve of the season. All Deontay Johnson's fault? No, but that those are the factors that go into, okay, a guy's a pro bowl player, one of the top four at his position, at least, you know, a little bit based on merit, a little bit based on fan vote, Ike. Hopefully they can get him going and he can develop a rapport with Kenny Pickett. And that's just something I'd like to see. And when I saw that, that Deontay hadn't scored this season, it was like, oh, man. Uh, Again, I know he had that rapport with Big Ben, but the offense, it just hasn't been there. And it goes back to what I've said in previous episodes too. It's like that Spider-Man meme where everyone's pointing at each other of what are the problems with this offense right now? You can point to play calling, you can point to line play, you can point to skill position play. We need to continue to see improvements in the offense. Again, I think we've seen a little bit of it since the bye week, but it's still just not where it needs to be. Deontay Johnson not scoring a touchdown this this far into the season. It's a it's one of many many failures this offense has had this season. Yeah, I mean it, the offense has had a lot going on. Um, you talk about in, guys in and out of the offensive line. Uh, you talking about Najee uh, not being 100%. You talking about going from Mitchell Trubisky to Kenny Pickett. So this is just like a growing pains here. And I think Deontay said it first. He said it early. Like this is going to be one of those years where um, Pittsburgh is not normally Pittsburgh. And that's, you know, above 500 trying to get into the playoffs, trying to hoist in Lombardi. So, that's just what it is. I think a lot of people didn't want to hear that at the time when Deontay Johnson said that, but Deontay Johnson was 100% right. So the fact that he said that early, he understood not having a Hall of Fame quarterback um, and having them growing pains with their rookie quarterback is just going to take some time. Ike, you mentioned Jalen Warren earlier dealing with that hamstring injury. The Steelers have signed Master Teague the third running back out of Ohio State. One of the best names as well. Master Teague the third. I love that. Hopefully Warren can get right. Not sure if he's going to play Sunday, but what I have my eye on is obviously Najee's gotten going the last two weeks, which has been encouraging. But if Warren's not able to go, who fills in that role, who fills the void, who helps carry the load the way that Jalen Warren has done this season, because that has been a bright spot for this offense, for the Steelers. Yeah, other than uh, Pickens, other than GP. Uh, Warren, Jay Warren has been one of the bright spots. And even Najee was giving the young man some props uh, when Najee needed a break or he needs some kind of rest. The production level uh, didn't fall off at all. He's good coming out of the backfield. He's good picking up the blitz. And he's always falling forward. So to have a rookie like Jay Warren before he got injured was a huge plus for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So 
we're, we're going to see what Master Teague do uh, when he gets in the game, but you're 100% right, man. They miss, they miss Jay Warren coming out the backfield because he's a little bit more elusive. He's not a big bruiser like, like and he's not as athletic as Najee, but he's always falling forward. Every time he puts the ball in his hands, he makes something good happen. We will see, Ike. And again, on Monday Night Football, the over-under at 39 points. And I'll just go ahead and give you my score prediction now, Ike, because there's only so much that we can preview. I like the way that the Steelers traditionally play in prime time. I've got them winning on the road 23-20 to 20 against the Colts. Yeah, you took, you took, you took my score. I was going to say 24-20 Pittsburgh Steelers. So <laughs> you said 23 Forward to tortoise, but that, that that sound about right. TJ Watt, man. Um, I saw a sign in the stadium for Pittsburgh. It says always good to have a Watt. It ain't lying. You know, when you got a Watt on your team, uh usually something good happens. And since TJ Watt came back from his injury, it's just the energy that he brings. I don't know if you checked out his interception. I don't know how in the world he caught the interception at the line of scrimmage. I couldn't catch interceptions if he just hit my hands wide open sometimes or a majority of the time. This young man caught an interception as soon as it left Joe Burrow's hands and came down with the ball. But that's T.J. Watt. What do you expect? Um, Coach T said it last year. He's not from here. He's from out of space. And he's definitely not lying about that. Did you see Joe Burrow's reaction? It was deja vu all over again, Ike. He couldn't believe it. He like, this guy. Yeah. Lee, you could just see it in his body language. Like, every time this guy get around the ball and that's former league defensive player of the year, uh, T.J. Wilde. Like, every time this this dude get on the field, something bad always happened to me, something good always happened to him, but that's just T.J. Yeah, Nike, I'm over here with my popcorn. I like that there's beef between Watt and Lyle Collins. I love it. I Give me more of that, in all honesty. I mean, that, 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 they make you step your game up, bro. When it's an yeah. understanding that you don't like me and I'm it's like, man, man, the best man win. You got to see me for 60 minutes. You know, ain't, ain't no friends when it comes down. Once that whistle blow and you're in between no white lines, I don't care if it's my mama. I don't care if my son. I don't care who it is. Hey, man, I don't like nobody if you're not wearing my uniform. If we ain't got on the same helmet, I don't like nobody. And that's exactly how Collins and TJ was. But it's also good for the sport. You know, when you got guys at that professional level and they're already playing at a high level and they are, and, and then you add on, I don't like you, and I'm going to make it known that I don't like you, and you got to see me, that's just icing on the cake. Ike, I love that. I absolutely love that. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Steelers did manufacture two turnovers against the Bengals because that stunt that Robert Splain tipped the pass that set up the Levi Wallace interception, other than those two picks Burrows Burrow threw, and those were really a credit to the Steelers' defense, Burrow played about as well as he could have. And remember, he was without Jamar Chase for the entire game and without Joe Mixon for a good portion of the game. And the Bengals still carved up the Steelers. And so, Ike, I'm concerned because it's like we need to make sure Kenny Pickett develops pretty quickly here because we're going to have to deal with Joe Burrow and company for the next decade. But credit the Steelers' defense on those two plays, creating turnovers in a game where for for the struggles that the Steelers offense had in the second half, Ike, I actually think that Pickett probably played his best half of football in the first half against the Bengals. It was the tale of two halves, but we might be talking a little bit more about the defense and the struggles that they had against Cincinnati 
if not for the offensive struggles that we saw in the second half. Ike, it's a team sport, and that's just the way that I saw the Week 11 game against the Bengals. Yeah, you know, P. Ron, you know, P. Ron got his opportunity once, and he just turned into another grown man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got the ball, Joe Burrow found him in the flats. He was making one, two, three, four, five people miss, or either it was just hard to tackle him. It took two to get him down. So, you know, just looking at the Cincinnati Bengals from their backfield standpoint, they got good problems. Now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's just once you get to that tackling part, make sure you secure the tackle. I saw too many missed tackles. Yeah, Ike, I'm with you there. Out of the backfield, the coverage, and P. Ryan got into the end zone three times. Also, T. Higgins looked like he was back in East Tennessee dominating at Oak Ridge High School. He played a very good game. I know he had like 150 and some change as well at the receiver position. Yeah, T, but they use T all different uh, all different ways, though, Mark. They put him in the slot. They put him outside, inside, left and right. They just didn't line him up yeah. at the X. So I think that's about Joe Burrow as well. Because once you put somebody in the slot like a T Higgins, it's, it's kind of like the ultimate mismatch. You know, you put them on the third corner or a safety who's used to not cover or a linebacker who just can't cover. So they found ways to get uh, T Higgins the ball. And he had a hell of a game because I got him on my fantasy team. <laughs> Ike, your true allegiance comes out. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, okay, Ike, we will move on. Did, well, did you want to give any kind of – you had the 24 to 20 Steelers, so we've given our predictions. Anything else? Otherwise, we will move on. You know, Pittsburgh in order to beat the Indianapolis coach, they got to stop the run. That's just yeah. – they they know, like Coach Jeff Saturday, he's already said, it's already established his last two games. We go run the ball. And you're going to have to stop us. And that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers defense had a question mark on on stopping the run. So we shall see Pittsburgh stop the run. They're going to come out with the W. Pittsburgh don't stop the run. It's going to be tough to beat the Colts. Yeah. If you want to put two players on it, Najee Harris versus Jonathan Taylor, whichever player has the more successful day, I think that team wins. I'm with you there. We will move on. Two of your teammates, Heinz Ward, James Harrison, among the 28 modern era players for the Pro Football Hall of Fame 2023 class. Ike, even be among the seven semifinalists is a tremendous honor. And eventually, I think both players will get in. I don't think either player will get in in 2023. But I want to give you the floor. You played with both of these players the floor is yours. Take this in any direction you'd like, because even to be a semifinalist is a tremendous honor. Yeah, I thought Hans Ward should have been there. Um, but they say, they say, meaning the board for the Hall of Fame committee, we already got too many Pittsburgh Steelers in there. I say, obviously, the front office has been doing a heck of a job of drafting these guys, and these guys wind up being, you know, either Hall of Famers or, you know, Hall of Fame semifinalists. That says a lot. Front office and them evaluating draft attempt. For Hines Ward, Hines Ward should have been there. Um, I was a teammate of Hines Ward, nicknamed AKA Wody. That's what he called himself in third person. For a wide receiver, for a wide receiver, to have defensive guys, Hall of Fame defensive guys, be aware where you're at, said a lot about Hines Ward because they know if it had anything to do with crack, uh, anything doing with crack blocking he was going to try to knock your head off and he was going to do it with a smile that's exactly what he was going to do it with so Hines when you looked at Hines he wasn't the fastest uh, he wasn't the shiftiest but 
him being a semi-finalist says a lot about his career. Um, Hines gives, in my mind, people who are not going to wow you with numbers when it comes to the combine. He's just a football player. Hope. I look at I look at Debo Samuels uh, right now for the San Francisco 49ers as, as a Hines war. Um, Hines was just a tough son of a gun. If you watch Hines in Georgia, when he was playing at Georgia, he was running back the quarterback. If you ask him to play free safety, he'll come down and knock your head off. He would have did the exact same thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers if they would have asked him to play all positions. When you wanted a third down conversion and they knew it was going to 86, Hines was made a play. When you needed a block or a crack to make a big play, Hines Ward made that play. When you was looking for some kind of consistency throughout the tough games, look for 86. When you was just looking for a Super Bowl uh, play, a uh, uh, big play, look for 86. 86, Hines Ward was just that guy. You know, he's just a football player. He, you, you just can't put a wide receiver name on him. Of course, he played wide receiver. But Morty was just a football player, man. He played with passion. He played hurt. He didn't let anybody know, and everybody feared a wide receiver on the defensive side. Ike, let me jump in here, and then we'll get to Harrison. I've got two things about Ward. Coming into the NFL out of Georgia, playing a variety of different positions, something he told us about here on the Believe in Steelers show ahead of last year's Super Bowl. And it was great talking with him and his college teammate, Terrell Davis, two former Super Bowl MVPs. But I remember when he was coming out of the draft in Georgia, he doesn't have an ACL on his left knee, and that's a huge red flag. And then it's just like, okay, he's not the fastest. He's not the shiftiest. He always found ways to get open. Didn't matter where he was on the field. He found ways to get open and consistently make plays. So there's that. But then a story I have personally, Ike, and the reason I even know who you are before we even started doing the show is because I played Madden as a kid. And I remember when you had Heinz Ward on your team in Madden, I can't remember this is the year they put the hit stick in. It might have been a year or two after. They had to where you could be the offensive player and block for the running back running the football. Well, if you had Heinz Ward on your team, it was like having an extra offensive lineman and you could move him anywhere on the field and pretty much take out anyone you wanted to. It was like that in the Madden video game. I can't even imagine what it was like in real life because like you've told me, Ike, it was like we had to sign peace treaties with this guy in practice because we were that scared of him. Yeah, we used to tell, we used to tell Wody, hey, Wody, um, if it's a run play and you got opportunity to, to, to knock me on the side of my temple, hey, bro, just lay up on me, bro. Please lay up on me because when, when you hit somebody on the side of their temple, either you're going to break their jaw or they'll be out, they'll be out four or five games. So, hey, Wody, um, I'm your teammate. I'm glad I'm your teammate. Just make sure you don't kiss me on my temple, man, because I got a family to feed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Ike. So I'm with you that Ward eventually deserves to get in. Personally, Ike, I would put Tory Holt in before Heinz Ward. But Heinz Ward eventually at some point in time, it's really hard because each class only gets five players. Correct. Yeah, right, that's tough. So, uh, but to, to... Go ahead, Ike. That's that's tough, but the fact because I know you about to ask me, we about to talk about James Harrison, aka Debo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the youngest out of eleven kids. So guess what you had, guess what you had to be. You had to be tough. You had to scrap. You had to fight to to get your food. You 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 mom's favorite. 
uh, you're the biggest. You've been going against the odds for the longest. You know, going to Canada, going to Europe, getting cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers, getting cut by the Ravens, getting cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers again, and we finally bought him back. And I'm so glad we bought Debo back because all Debo knew was work. Never complain, never whine, never nothing because he know, man, once I put this work in, once once y'all give me this opportunity, man, undraft the free agent. Once y'all give me this opportunity, I feel sorry for everybody else. So that, that was James Harrison. When you want to get the Super Bowl, when we played in Arizona against the, the – the no, the one we played in Tampa against the Arizona Cardinals, it's one of the best plays in Super Bowl history, you know, that, that interception for a down before halftime. That was that was James Harrison. When you want to look at a former uh, defensive league MVP, that was James Harrison. For a guy to be 5'10", jumping over offensive linemen just to try to score a touchdown, that was Debo. When you want to talk about a sack guy who perfected the sack um, and people feared him, not only quarterbacks and offensive coordinators, but even offensive linemen, that was James Harrison. When you want to talk about a guy who knew the Pittsburgh Steelers away, and really both of these guys were just Pittsburgh Steelers, tough, Eat, sleep, drink, football. That's that's Hines and that's James Harrison. But getting back to James Harrison, man, it's just it's just he struck fear. When you want to talk about when it's being, you know, negative 10 and he's coming out with no shirt with just a video, that's Debo. On the field for the most iconic play in Super Bowl history. And like for me alone, that alone should get him into the Hall of Fame someday because when you talk about the most famous play in the Super Bowl, you think about James Harrison. You think about the Malcolm Butler play against uh, the, the Patriots against the Seahawks. Those are the two plays that you think of when you think of great plays in Super Bowl history. And I think that's the case for James Harrison. I think that's the case where you would put him in at some point. I'll go through my five players that I would put into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the 2023 class, though. Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis, Revis Island are in. You shoehorn them both in. They're both in, no doubt about it. Torrey Holt, DeMarcus Ware, Devin Hester, that's who rounds out my five Hall of Famers for the 2023 class. All those players among the 28 players named, we found that out earlier this week. So we'll see who ends up getting in. Ware has better sack numbers than Harrison, but you played on the defense and you know that the Steelers defense didn't always ask Harrison to rush the passer on every yeah. single play, which is why he has worse sack numbers. Yeah, I'm putting I'm putting Jay, I'm putting Debo before where and this is no wow. difference. Okay. But I am putting I'm putting if we just asked Debo to rush, Debo would have had 20 sacks a year. So um Debo did more than rushing. I mean at one point in time Debo was leading the team in, in interceptions. So not only do you feel me rushing the quarterback, but I can drop back and cover and get picks and score touchdowns. Um, I don't think where was a defensive MVP. I know James Harrison was. I know he had one of the best plays in the Super Bowl. So you want to talk about defensive <laughs> to be an NFL defensive MVP. I'm not talking about candidate. I'm talking about actually winning. What are we talking about? So why would we put in this no disrespect to where I I, I know where. But James Harrison got to go before win. You know, just, just the resume. Yeah, you can talk about the sacks. Debo got sacks. But, bro, I got defensive league MVP. Have you ever done that before? And, by the way, have you ever been to a Super Bowl that had the, one of the greatest 
returns ever, you know, 100-some yards before half. Like, Debo was just Mr. Consistent. Like, De Debo, for a six-year span, was the best outside linebacker mm -hmm. in the NFL. So, and this is no disrespect. I'm just I'm just saying, where, where it does have his stats, but I don't think they asked where to drop back in coverage. I know we asked Debo to drop back in coverage plenty of times. If we would have asked that man just to rush the quarterback, he would have went for 20-piece, 20, 20 sacks a year. If you want to know about James Harrison's dominance in one single game, Mike, that Monday night game against the Ravens in 2007, I want to read you his stat lines and go look at the highlights. They're incredible. One game, 10 tackles, six quarterback hits, three and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, an interception and a fumble recovery. That's like a season for some players. Needed that in one game against your division rival, Baltimore Ravens. Why are you going to put where before Debo? The numbers say? are better. The numbers are better, Ike. That's, I, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at he had success both in Dallas and in Denver. The numbers are better. I think there's case for both of them, Mike, but I'm trying to put myself in the frame of mind of who's actually going to get in. And if you look at it on paper, it's not fair. And Ike, you know this better than anyone. They already think that there's too many Steelers in the Hall of Fame. So that's the reason why. Right. Now, I, I respect whether that's opinion. fair I, or not is a whole different debate. Yes, yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair. Like, like I said, it, we, we can't help that we draft well and we draft guys semifinalists or guys who are actually in the Hall of Fame. Pittsburgh can't help that. They've, they've no. been doing this in the 70s. <laughs> they can't help that. But, you know, I'm taking Debo before where this is no disrespect to where. Both have had terrific careers. We'll see. I know right. that they'll whittle down the list one more time to name the finalists from 28. I believe they go down to like 10. So we'll see that. And I knew they do that before right. the Super Bowl. Like, so we will see. And congrats to both Ward and Harrison for even getting nominated and making it to this point again is a tremendous honor. And it's not like in the NBA where everyone gets in. You only get five per year in pro football. So we will see. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We get to move on to my favorite segment. What y'all thinking? Our new segment where we get to okay. interact with listeners and viewers and Ike. We've got four comments to get through. We've got, we hear from Teresa first. She's a PGH expat living in the UK. She says she loves the show. Flew over last week across the okay. pond to see the Steelers and Bengals last Sunday. She's wondering where the Steelers should get help in the first round of the draft. She mentions Georgia corner Keeley Ringo, Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson in the first round. But she's looking at DB. She's looking at linemen. So she turns to you, Ike Taylor, as a scout for the Steelers. Is there a position group, an area, a player that you've identified that you'd like to see the Steelers draft in the 2023 draft? Mark, I'm going to let you answer this question, but I will say okay. uh, we, we, we will be looking for the best available at whatever pick we have. Such a political answer. I love it, Ike. I love it. So I will give you some info here. If the season ended today, 
The Steelers would have had the eighth, the 34th, and the 39th pick. Ike, you know how I like my Georgia Bulldogs, the two tight ends. I don't know how high that they're rated. But there is a player. um, Teresa mentioned the Ohio State tackle. There is a player in the Big Ten out of Northwestern. Peter Skoransky is an offensive tackle, left tackle. I kind of liken it to this, Ike. Rashawn Slater, uh, the left tackle for the Chargers, serves as Justin Herbert's bodyguard. What if the Steelers get a bodyguard for Kenny Pickett for the years moving forward? Skoransky out of Northwestern dominates the line of scrimmage and consistently in the Big Ten. doesn't matter who he goes up against. That is a player that I like. Listen, I, I would make the argument too, Ike, too, and I will say this because I know you work for the team, but other than TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, I could argue that you could upgrade every position on the team, and I'll leave that there. Okay, I respect that. You can't go wrong with offense alignment. Never, never. Ike Fat Tony writes us and says, Pickens is a pack-a-punched Brandon Lloyd with a christening of Heinz Ward. He's a treasure. Fat Tony responding to our comments last week when we were talking about George Pickens, how he's the alien. Fat Tony, thank you for weighing in about George Pickens. A punched up Brandon Lloyd. Shout out to Brandon Lloyd as well, the former U of I receiver. Ike, what did you think of Fat Tony's uh, comp- comparison saying that George Pickens is a punched up Brandon Lloyd? I forget who you compared Pickens to a week ago. Yeah, Pickens just, he, he's a he's a hybrid. Not hybrid, he, he really is an alien. That's why I call him Gap. You know, George, Elliot, Pete. Um, you really, I, I made a comparison, but just to backtrack off of what I said, you really can't compare GP, man. He he just he he different. Okay. He yeah yeah he 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 just he he different man for a guy. The plays he's making are veteran plays. You know what I'm saying? He's he's just a rookie. So it, we was talking about Deontay Johnson and him not having a rapport with Pickett. Oh, Pickett and Pickens, they definitely have that rapport. Yes. If if, if it fails, he's looking for GP. All day, every day, and why not? You know, you got a guy who is silky smooth, who's very aggressive, who might have, other than DeAndre Hopkins, some of the best ball skills. With you there, Ike. I am with you there with the rapport with Pickett as well. I I recognize that too. Uh, We'll go to M. Puchar, who says, those Bumblebee jerseys were hideous, and Ike, they were your favorite. Please rebut, rebut. Loved it. Hey, listen here. Man, them Bumblebee jerseys made me a lot. Them Bumblebee jerseys got pictures up on my wall. Them Bumblebee jerseys won us a lot of games. Them Bumblebee jerseys had my swag on 1,262. Them Bumblebee jerseys, man, just felt like, man, we just broke out. That's what I love, them Bumblebee jerseys, man. It really was an old school 1933 Steagles. Steagles. When Pittsburgh and Philadelphia Eagles had combined, that's I, I felt like I was a part of that. So yeah, that's why it was one of my favorite jerseys. Yeah, I know the Steagles, the Steelers, and the Eagles, and I know they combined. I think it was like during the war, Ike, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, I need to brush up on my Steelers history, Ike, but you are spot on there. So a tribute to history with the Bumblebee jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Last comment comes from someone who calls themselves Bilbo Baggins. I think this is hilarious. 
says, I wish the draft was in Vegas every year. Kansas City does nothing for me. I, I used to be one of these people that said, keep it at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. But since the NFL has toured around the draft, they've had it in Chicago, Broadway, and Nashville. The streets were flooded with people. They just had it in Vegas. I liked Vegas. It's very grandiose. But it showcases the great cities in this country. And I think Kansas City is going to be on full display. That's where my immediate family lives now, my parents and my brother. You're going to see a side of Kansas City that you haven't seen before. Give it a shot. I was the same person who was saying, why are they moving out of New York City? And since they've had it in other cities, Ike, you've gotten to showcase some of the great cities that have NFL teams. Give Kansas City a shot. Just when, when when you're able to travel and you go to different cities when it comes down to this NFL draft, you're learning a piece of that city and you're learning some new history, something you probably wasn't taught in school that went on in that city. That's that's what I love about the city. And, I, and it also put, you know, them cities on the map. You 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 go to the mom and pop restaurants. You see the culture, the culture of different cities. Um, you see how, you know, certain cities come together. You see what they can provide, you know, uh, for for people in them cities. You see what the life like is in them cities. So the reason why I love that the NFL did that the NFL did go from city to city. You just learn the history every every year you, from every city, man. You learn a piece of something, you know, because when it comes down to the, the to the commercials and the communities in different cities, they have something local to say. Hey, when you come to Chicago, you should go here. When you come to KC, you should go here. When you go to Vegas, you should go here. When you come to New York, you should go here. When you come to Nashville, you should go here. So that's 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 for me. I just look at it because. I'm a National Geographic kind of guy. So every city that the, the, the NFL draft go to, I just learned a piece of that city when it comes down to the history. Ike, tremendous answer. And if any of our listeners or viewers need recommendations in any of the cities you just listed, I've been to them all. Hit your boy up because I'm with you there and you try something authentic that you've never had before, whether it's food, whether it's drink, Correct. it's the culture. You learn something new and you just, you know, and then you can share that with others. So again, I used to be, when they first moved this out of New York, I'm like, what are they doing now? I love it. We get to see and showcase the great cities throughout the country. Telling you, give Kansas City a shot. You're going to be surprised. So Ike, that was what y'all thinking. I had fun with this again, and our viewers seem to really, really like it. So Ike, you nailed it on the first try, too, of, hey, what, we sh- what should we name this segment? What y'all thinking? Uh, I'm excited to have this continue to be a part of our show. Hey, make sure whoever's tuning in, matter of fact, everybody who's tuning in to our show, make sure y'all give us a bunch of questions because we love this with y'all segment. Absolutely. Ike, we will move on. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. By the time people see this, it will be Thanksgiving Day. We'll do a quick draft. We'll do a snake draft. We'll do three each. You can pick any Thanksgiving dish. I will give you the first pick. I think I know the direction you're going to go in. You'll pick. I'll pick two. You'll pick your last two, and I'll pick my last one. We'll do three each. You get the first pick. I think I know where you're going. You already know I'm going to say the seafood gumbo. (laughs) I'm starting off with seafood gumbo. You up. You're on the clock. Oh, it's an excellent choice, Ike, because it is delicious. A little bit of everything. You got the shrimp, the rice, the broth little bit of kick to it as well it is fantastic 
I got to go turkey. Uh, I just made my first turkey this past okay. weekend. I knocked it out of the park. I was very nervous, but the key ingredient, lemon. There was garlic in there. There's butter. There's obviously salt, pepper, rosemary, thyme. But the key ingredient for my turkey was lemon, and it was fantastic. I did a great job. I will take the next pick as well. Here, hop in, Ike, while I get look at my next pick. Uh, for, you put, for you put some of that Mark. You put some of that Mark Bergen on that on that turkey. That's why that thing came. Oh out yeah. So. Oh yeah. I celebrated early. Had a friendsgiving. I am working tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day, so that's the reason I celebrated early. I I'm gonna go with mashed potatoes as well. Just a classic, easy to eat, delicious. Don't need to cut anything. And I could eat a whole plate of mashed potatoes and be content. I'll take mashed potatoes with number two. You're up next. Number two, man, I'm going to go ahead and go with this dirty rice. You know, my mama, she just, she just got me some dirty rice. I'm, I'm just sitting here with a dirty rice. So it's all the same with a little dirty rice. My number two is dirty rice. All right, so you get dirty rice with number two, Ike, and then you get the third pick as well. You get the next pick as well because we're going to do snake style. Oh, man, you know, I, you know me. I love me some bread, but you got to put the corn in front of it. So cornbread is my third. I eat a whole loaf of cornbread. With, See, Ike, you draft a little bit different. You draft a little bit different, but it's always spot on because when you say it, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, that, that cornbread hits something different, man. Got that sugar in there. Got that, got that honey in there. She put some corn, a little bit of corn in there, and that thing be soft, 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 man. You can just eat that bread. You can just eat that bread with water. Ike, I'm tempted to go mac and cheese with my last dish, but I've already oh. got the side with the potatoes. I got the main fare with the turkey. Give me pumpkin pie. I okay. could eat. I Sorry. could eat all the pumpkin pie. Throw some whipped cream on top. Give me a whole pie. I'll take pumpkin pie with my last pick. That's three good dishes, bro. We're on two different sides of the world, so I got to spot menus and see what it looked like. I can't wait until our viewers and commenters are so mad because we don't have stuffing or dressing or anything like that. And it's like, hey, this is my Thanksgiving here, too. Mac and cheese was close up on my list, too. You get the roasted carrots. You can get green beans. There's a lot of different things, Ike. But that's what I would pick. I'm going to pick mashed potatoes, the turkey, and the pie. You've got the gumbo. You've got the dirty rice and the cornbread. And listen, we had all six of those dishes we'd be living. 100%. All right, Ike, week 12 picks. Excited. We've got three games. Thanksgiving Day starts out. Bills and Lions. And it's been Jamal Williams for the Lions since DeAndre Swift had an early season injury. And the Bills go back to their quote-unquote home stadium because Ford Field is where they played a week ago when they couldn't host the Cleveland Browns in Buffalo because there was like eight feet of snow on the ground. And I'm not even exaggerating here. So they go back to Buffalo for a few days, and now they're going back to Detroit. Bill's nine-and-a-half-point favorite, Lions hosting on Thanksgiving. But we've lost Ike yet again. Apologies for the connection issues. Nine-and-a-half points. I will go with the Bills. I like the Bills, and running the ball is going to be key for them late in the season. I'll give the Bills. We'll keep this thing rolling. Giants and Cowboys. This line was at 9. It is now at 10. Reason being, Giants are decimated by injuries. Adoree Jackson is out. Fabian Moreau is out at the cornerback position. Going to be tough to stop C.D. Lamb. And then you've got major injuries along the Giants' offensive line and offensive line that – 
helped Saquon Barkley get going on the ground. So Joe Feliciano is out. Evan Neal is out. Joshua Zudu is out. Shane Lemieux is out. So you've got a lot, or Lemieux is out. Apologies. You've got a lot of players out for the Giants. Cowboys, that line has now moved to 10 points. It was at nine points. I will take the Cowboys to cover at home on Thanksgiving, considering all of the injuries to the Giants. And then Patriots at Vikings. The Vikings, a three-point favorite. However, the Vikings, like the Giants, dealing with a lot of injuries. Key injury here, left tackle Christian Darasaw not playing for the Vikings. So, considering that Darasaw is going to be out with a concussion, he hasn't practiced this week. You're also without Andrew Booth, the cornerback. They're out with cornerback, two starting cornerbacks. Delvin Tomlinson, questionable. I will take the Patriots to cover on the road against the Vikings on Thanksgiving. So those are my three Thanksgiving Day picks. Get you through a few other games. Sunday, Bengals at Titans. I like the way that the Titans and Bengals are playing this time of the season. This game's kind of a coin flip, but I'm going to take the Titans at home. It's really going to depend on how effective Derrick Henry can be. And then is Joe Mixon going to play? Are you going to get him back from injury? That's going to be a key for the Bengals there. I'll take the Titans at home. Bucks at Browns. Bucks, three and a half point favorite against the Browns on the road. This will be the last game the Browns are without Deshaun Watson. And in seven games, seven games left in the season, the Bucks are a heavy, heavy favorite to win the NFC South division. So that being said, I will take the Bucks on the road against the Browns. Browns have been really, really struggling at three and seven this season. Ravens at Jags, Ravens four-point favorite. There's a reason the Ravens are still the favorites to win the AFC North. They lead the Bengals by one game in the AFC North division. I'll take the Ravens against the Jags. Bears at Jets is a total coin flip to me because not sure if Justin Fields is going to play with the shoulder injury. So not sure if he'll play. And then Mike White is going to start in favor of Zach Wilson. If Justin Fields plays, I think the Bears have a shot on the road. But without Justin Fields, I don't see any way that Chicago wins. Jets need a win to remain competitive in the AFC East. I'll take the Jets at home there. And Sunday night, Packers and Eagles. Eagles seven-point favorite. And what's gone on with the Eagles the last few weeks? You might think, oh, well, they've slipped up. They aren't the same team that we've seen. It's been the turnovers. They were number one in weeks one through nine in turnover differential with 18 f- turnovers forced while just committing three turnovers turnovers of their own. They've turned the ball over six times in the last two games, and they've ranked 31st in the league in the last two games in turnover dif- differential at minus three. The Eagles hang on to the ball. I think they cover and win against the Packers on Sunday night at home at the link in Philly. So all those things said, I would take the Eagles at home. They've just got to protect the football. That's going to be the key for them. This has been another edition of Believe in Steelers. I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch Ike. And I want to thank today's sponsor, betonline.ag. I want to thank Ike for his time for joining us on the show. Apologies for the technical issues. We will work to get him back next week. If you listen to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, go leave us that five-star review and leave us an insightful comment so we can use it in our What Y'all Thinking segment. Enjoy the Week 12 action and happy Thanksgiving to all. Again, my name is Mark Bergen, signing off. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch Believe in Steelers and enjoy the Week 12 action. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.